Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your pie is perfect to me. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. You know, it's just about, um, uh, you know, him solidifying himself, uh, you know, with all, all of the, the bad uh, rhetoric that he gets all the time, uh, you know, about this or that. You know, I just felt like, um, you know, it was time to tell a lot of people that he's our guy and he did it. Cousins throws, passes, caught for the win! And the Vikings are moving on. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North and the Score North app. And Kirk Cousins has had three words for us all week long. You like that? You like that? You like that? Right? That's the better one. That's the better one. You like that? It's kind of crescendos up toward the uh, soprano region there. It's got the three words. You like that? I feel bad for the guy because he spent the whole day yelling out signals, and now we're mocking him like he's Bobby Brady. It's, great. it's his signature. I'm, I'm a child at large when it comes to my sense of humor, but two things that'll get me laughing and I can't stop is somebody like having a coughing fit on air while doing TV or radio or anybody's voice cracking. <laughs> Anyone's voice cracking will make me giggle like a child. Why, why is that? I why? don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just cra- It's just hilarious. So, so basically in 7th and 8th grade, you were just laughing all day, yes. right? Yeah, I think people, so. Yeah, so That's a perfect transition squeaking. to the sound you sent me. Oh, yes. So, getting comfortable with everybody. Cousins over 200 yards passing. Last year against the Lions. <laughs> that was last year in Detroit against yeah. the Lions. That was Kirk Cousins. That was really bad. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Play that one more time. Chancel. <laughs> getting comfortable with everybody. Breathe, Cousins breathe. over 200 yards passing. And a flag. flag. Did his voice crack? Chris Myers. It did, Chris Myers. It sure did. So so Kirk, with the crack voice, has has three words. I've got two words for you guys to pump up this Vikings 49ers game on Saturday. I got two words for you. Walt Anderson. Oh, that's the opposite. Okay. We know who the lead official is, Walt Anderson. I was telling Rami before the show, there aren't many referees or umpires that, like, if you if the Twins have a series or postseason or whatever, or the Vikings have a game where there's not many guys that you could say, oh, that's the home plate umpire, and I am now buzz killed officially. 
Walt Anderson is on my short list. This is Joe S. Flag happy, She's often Joe c- confused during coin tosses, like the Dak Prescott thing a few weeks back. And you've compared him to Joe West. Uh, now that Walt Anderson is the official in this I don't this know. I game. should. I definitely should because they've had their share of problems, but... I don't know NFL referees by name the way I do MLB umpires. Like Judd, Judd mentioned this in an email today, and I was like, "Okay, who? What? Who? Who is this guy? And what? Walt, do, why do we care?" Walt had some problems. You might know by the end of Saturday. <laughs> yeah, this Walt could Anderson be. Is. Does he have an infamous call? Did he screw the Vikings in some way? No, somehow? no. 2016, though, he screwed up uh, to, to the point where the league, I guess, basically refused to defend him. He screwed up something. I think it was in a Broncos game. I, I was doing some research today because his name immediately brought to mind uh, tons of flags. And in fact, there there is a uh, search engine that's put out by RotoWire, you guys. Penalties called. Now, Walt worked, there are uh, 17 officials who work full-time. He worked 16 games. The rest of them worked 15, so put that into context a little bit. But Walt, by far and away, led the league. His crew did, too, in penalties called. 284 with 241 accepted. The next guy, a guy named Craig Walstead, yeah. is a 257. Walt and his crew. Now, now the only good thing about this is once playoffs start, the league goes to something called mixed crews. So it's not an all-star crew yet. It's like the best they could possibly find. Wait, so why would... So, okay, this is... This you, is what's Vikings great about get, big You know games. Vikings are going to get screwed by this the This is what's Walt great Anderson. about big games, boys. We can talk so, about officials. Why don't you just keep the same crews together that have worked I together don't. and have communicated together all season? That would make too much sense. Yeah, I thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, you're talking, And not only that... You just <laughs> ask a really, really logical <laughs> did you, question. Did you guys see... And I don't think I've ever seen this before. Maybe they just changed what they wear. Now they have three or four officials... Standing on the sidelines, just like obs- observing and and giving yeah. their input if there's something that needs input. Like if the referees huddle to try and decide something, like three or four guys in black shirts yep. are running off the sideline and into the referee huddle yeah. and, and telling those, them what they saw. Those are, are, are the guys that actually came off the sideline during the uh, Texans game. Yes, uh, last yeah. last week when when the was it the Texans is the kick returner or the yeah. or Buffalo kick returner made the wrong motion. And then threw the ball, and the official's like, oh, no, no, yeah. I don't want the ball. And it got picked up, and that guy signals touchdown. Yeah. And, and then the three people that you're talking about, or four guys, come off the sideline. They're like, common sense. Use, use common sense. And they're like, no touchdown. I love it. Like they, 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 Every sport should just have three common sense guys over there with the, the earpiece in. The, <laughs> you, you're kind of like, something happens, the crowd's booing, and you're not 100% sure, and you look over, and there's three guys just like, nah, dude, nope, nope, nope. Abort, abort, abort. Secret service. So yeah, That's what they were. Yeah, that's not a touchdown. So this article from uh, CBSLocal.com is the, the Boston affiliate from three years ago. And the headline says, Referee Walt Anderson so bad in Bill's Seahawks game that even NFL's Dean Blandino couldn't defend him. And this was the sequence. I, I do remember watching this on the highlight reels the, the, the next day. And by the way, we're expected to be joined by Greeny from ESPN. ESPN's Mike Greenberg from Get Up, which has now become Rami and I's favorite morning sports it's show. It's a really watch. good morning show. Uh, he'll join us in about five or ten minutes or so here. Doogie with some really interesting information on Josh Donaldson at five o'clock. But this is the sequence of events that Are happened. Are the Twins going to rescue their offseason? Boy. Because it needs rescue right now. I agree. I agree. Uh, twin show yes. between you and Derek with a hotly contested debate. Yes. Anywhere you find podcasts. Where I said this, this offseason is dying on the vine. And we'll dive in with Doogie. 
But this is the sequence of events. Bill Seahawks from three years ago. Envision this happening to like Dan Bailey and the Vikings. Or maybe the Vikings can take a page out of the Seahawks book here. So a 53-yard field goal attempt with three seconds left in the first half. Richard Sherman for the Seahawks breaks across the line of scrimmage early, getting an unabated path to the kicker. So he's offside. He's unabated, right? The officials did not blow the play dead. So first problem is Richard Sherman breaks across, gets a free path to the kicker, and the officials did not blow the play dead. Sherman makes a beeline for kicker Dan Carpenter and makes a dive shoulder first into Carpenter's plant leg at the knee. So he takes out the kicker's knee on, a, on an unabated play. I remember this play. I'm trying to remember it as you describe it. Carpenter goes down in pain, albeit while grabbing his right knee, uh, thus drying the trainers off. the. So he kind of handed up, but the trainers come in to tend to him. Walt Anderson enforces an offsides penalty on Sherman and then announced that because the trainers had to come out to tend to Carpenter, he had to leave the game for the next play. (laughs) (laughs) Would that not be the most Vikings way for this playoff game? Like, Walt Anderson comes out and says, sorry, Dan Bailey, you're not even going to get a chance to miss this field goal and be uh, part of Vikings. Off your question, couldn't we do better than Walt? (laughs) Seriously, couldn't we do... Better than Walt? Apparently not. Is there not somebody that we could have do this, this game? Ha- don't they get these games on a grading system? <laughs> well, again, though, to the whole point of they, yes, they do, and then they give the grades out, and then they put assemble crews that you haven't been working with, which doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. I'm with Phil on this. I just would like to see it that, yeah, I mean, Walt's track record, you know, both sides too. Both. I will guarantee you this, gentlemen. If we have a a um, play in the end zone, if uh, Kirk passes to Kyle again, and Kyle so much as touches a defender, Walt's crew this year led the league in P.I. penalty flags. They'll throw it. And I don't want that in a playoff game. I'm with you. I'm okay with egregious pass interference calls being flagged. Yes. And I'm okay with if a if a guy gets knocked down or something like in the Rams Rams Saints game from last year. I don't want hand fighting to be called. Um, here's another question for you guys. So one of my favorite aspects as I'm sizing up this 49ers Vikings game is the contrast uh, between Mike Zimmer and Kyle Shanahan. You've got 63 year old grizzled defensive minded guy Mike Zimmer. He's got now uh, more than a half decade experience as a head coach and he just put together his masterpiece as a defensive painter and then you've got Shanahan who's 40 years old and throughout his 30s has been one of the hot young coaching minds offensive oriented he's worked with quarterbacks right one game one game only who do you take who do you trust more I love this in a, in a one game situation Mike Zimmer I mean, Kyle Shanahan has been marvelous this year as coach of the 49ers. Mike Zimmer's coming off a big game. Until until the Saints game? Give me Shanny. Um, But now, I I mean, he came up, Mike came up with such a good game plan on Sunday. Does a bit of this depend on who's hot? But here's the problem now. Mike has, has less than a full week to prepare. Shanahan's been devising stuff for two weeks off now. It's a really difficult question. I, I definitely expect that after what uh, Zimmer did on Sunday against the Saints, though, that we're going to see another wrinkle th- that they think can help contain Garoppolo, right? Because the same things that help contain Breeze probably don't work against Garoppolo. But, man, that game plan at the Superdome was so good. 
that I'm tempted to go with a hot hand despite the the lack of uh, time to prep and go with Zimmer. I'm tempted. I think I would go with Zimmer too. And some of it is sort of prisoner of the moment recency bias. Absolutely. Because I look at sitting here today, I look at it and I go, "You just you just beat." Sean Payton and Drew Brees in a chess in a chess match. Who's who's the better duo? Sean Payton and Drew Brees or Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo? Give me give me Sean Payton and Drew Brees all day based on track record. And I say it's recency bias. I say it's prisoner of the moment. But really, I think Mike Zimmer just reminded us of of, of the defensive mind that he is. I, I don't think he just be he just leveled up. As a defensive mind in the NFL, I think he's he's been this guy, and he's he's struggled with the personnel that he's been dealt with this year it, due to the, the the lack of depth at at cornerback and some some injuries that they've had there at the position, especially recently. But I think Mike Zimmer has always been this guy, and we kind of forgot, and he just he just reminded us all who he is when it comes to one of the better chess players in this game. When you're talking about. X's and O's and scheming up and getting ready for an offense. Mike Zimmer is and has been as good as they come, and we kind of forgot about it. And you start, so I would take Zimmer as well. I would take Zimmer. I, I kind of like Judd. I don't know what my answer would have been before that Saints game. It it, it might have been Kyle Shanahan, but but the other reason why I think Eileen Zimmer is because this is the first time Kyle Shanahan, as a young coach, has been in this spot. We all saw the first time Sean McVay was in a Super Bowl, and that offense was a disaster against the Patriots. I mean, it was an ugly game all around. It was like 13 to 10 or whatever the final score was. Uh, but there's no telling how much you might over prepare or, or overthink or miss something. You're not, we talk about reference points on this show. Kyle Shanahan doesn't have, as a head coach, doesn't have the reference points that Mike Zimmer does going into a big playoff game. And Mike Zimmer, I know that he's got that big NFC championship game stain on his resume, that 38 to 7 beatdown in Philadelphia. But the other three playoff games we're talking about, as head coach of the Vikings, am I missing any? The home game against Seattle in which he outcoached and they outplayed the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll, and it was Blair Walsh that blew that game. The Vikings won that game. You set up for a 27-yard field goal at home to win the game with no time left. And that was such a cold day, too. Yep. Just a weird game. They won that game. Uh, So I put put a, a notch on Mike Zimmer's belt for that one. Okay, the, the, the Minneapolis Miracle game, you might call that a coaching stalemate because Zimmer got the best of Sean Payton in the first half. Sean Payton got the best of Mike Zimmer in the second half, and the Vikings needed a miracle to win that game. But then, this game against the Saints, I mean, Mike Zimmer has at least two and maybe three legitimate great coaching jobs in playoff games the last few years, and Kyle Shanahan has none. So I would lean toward experience. And Kyle's got the, uh, the uh, meltdown, the Falcons game. That Super Bowl was... Off the as charts a, as a bad. coordinator, yeah. But I mean, still, I, I don't know if that helps him ultimately or doesn't impact him or what. But that was a, a a offensive, well, both sides of the ball meltdown of the first class. But yeah, I mean, Mike, it, it intrigues me that Mike, and he's not wrong, but the, the whole thing, the notion about the last time that they won a playoff game, right? The miracle game and the Saints game. And the Vikings, I think the message this week has basically been, you know, we won that game and we're so emotional and we're so we're so into that game. As Tommy talked about uh, with us yesterday, we came back the next day or the next week and weren't prepared. That might be part of it, but part of it for me was the fact that it was pretty crystal clear that in the Miracle game at halftime, the Saints and Breeze saw something like defensively from the Vikings, right? 
And they set a template, and uh, I think they scored 24 points in the second half of that game, and then went to Philadelphia. The Vikings did the next week and got destroyed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not... I know the Vikings now are trying to say that we were overwhelmed with emotion and possibly not prepared. What gives me more hope for Saturday is this, though. To go back to... The Vikings really won on Sunday. Like, that wasn't fluky. They didn't melt down. Did they get some breaks? Absolutely. Both teams did. But there was nothing about that game where you came out of that game saying, oh, did you see that fourth quarter? (laughs) That was really bad. So as much as the Vikings might want to focus on or attempt to the fact that they didn't feel as prepared for the Eagles game as they should have been, I do think that there's a case to be made, too, that that team had something exposed by the Saints right. that this time around was not exposed. Yeah, Mackie and Joe with Rami, Score North and the all-new Score North app, and we are all in this weekend on Vikings 49ers. Judd and I are going to host a two-and-a-half-hour pregame show right here, and Matthew Collar will check in reporting live from Santa Clara starting at 1 o'clock on Saturday leading up to 3.30 kickoff, Vikings and 49ers. Watch the game anywhere. Talk about it here on Score North and the Score North app, and then Vikings Vent Line. It starts right after the game is over on Saturday, and God knows how many hours we're going to take your phone calls after the win or lose. Until <laughs> it runs out of gas, exactly. or the wheels fall off. I'm saying two and a half minimum. Two and, yeah. a half, two and a half hours? What's our record? Probably like a three-hour Vikings Vent Line? Something like that. Better we're going to try and break it. Uh, so let's get to our next guest here, though. It's, it's, it's become one of our favorite shows. Between Rami and I, we're always texting back every and morning. forth about what we see on every Get Up. Every morning. Um, and if you haven't watched it, it's on ESPN every morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. And the main host, Mike Greenberg. Greeny, thank you for joining us. What's going on with you today? Oh, well, I am well. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure, and congratulations to everybody there on a win on Sunday. And I would like to take my own bows because... Um, I, I believe strongly that I'm one of the reasons that the Vikings pulled off that upset because I went on the air and said they had absolutely no chance. Um, and my kiss of death is at this point a, a, a force of nature. I managed to go 0-4 this weekend, which is a remarkable achievement. You couldn't do that. I defy you guys to go 0-4 this coming weekend. Um, so I, I think that there's no question that my kiss of death had something to do um, with that that gorgeous dime that Kirk Cousins threw to Adam Thielen <laughs> to win the game, Mike, I don't I don't think many would blame you for for saying that. I don't think a lot of people are giving the Vikings a chance to to win this game on on Sunday. And and like Phil was saying when we brought you on, I, I check out the show pretty much every morning. I don't remember the picks that you guys made that morning. Did anybody on the Get Up panel pick the Vikings Actually, to win that football? Full game? disclosure: the Score North Twitter account took a screenshot of everyone on uh, Get Up. I think it was five picks on the screen. All of them saints and then after the game posted that screenshot on score so, so we did we did dunk on you after the fact oh and rightly so look i mean to the victor go the spoils um i'm stunned I, I said on the air the middle of the week uh last week that of all the things that might happen over the weekend that was the one that would surprise me the most would be Minnesota going in there. I thought most of this year, honestly, I thought the Saints were the best team in the league. Yep. Um, and I thought that that was their one home game and that they would, I thought they would play great and give the Vikings credit. Their defense was unbelievable. Dalvin Cook is unbelievable. And Cousins, uh, you know, he made plays when they needed to be made. And, and I mean, that pass to Thielen at the end is potentially a career redefining play. And, you know, we'll see what happens, and I, I won't pick them to beat San Francisco either, but, you know, you got to give him a puncher's chance now. And if he goes in there and plays well, I, I think it has a chance, even if they don't win this game, 
I think it has a chance to give everyone, maybe including himself in an honest moment, a different feeling about Kirk Cousins and what he's capable of and, and, and what they may be capable of next year. Uh, I, I think if they had lost this past weekend and played badly, it could have been a time of transition in Minnesota. I mean, we were talking on our show last week about the possibility of Jerry Jones trying to come in and steal Mike Zimmer away. So are we. Um, boy, that feels like a long time ago now. Um, you know, instead, it's amazing how much of a difference one win can make. And I think that was that kind of win. So what, what did, did that game uh, specifically against the, the Saints, Mike, do to uh, sell you potentially on Kirk? Because I'm still, I, I'm very curious to see what, what happens um, this weekend for him. But, you know, we've talked about this, obviously, on this show a lot. And there are times when Kirk looks really good and really functional. And there are times when you say, whoa, I don't know. But have you started to come around on Kirk more now? Or are you like me and probably need to see more from Cousins? Well, here's what I think. I think that the league is broken up into quarterbacks you win because of, quarterbacks you can win with, and quarterbacks that are a problem. And I think he is in the, in the middle category, as are most of the good quarterbacks in the NFL. I think there's a tiny little group of guys like Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and uh, at this point Lamar Jackson who you say, well, that guy's just so good. He's on the team. You have an excellent chance to win the whole thing. The majority of, of, of the guys that we would consider to be good quarterbacks in the NFL are guys that you say you can win with him. And I think Kirk Cousins is that. You can win with him. I don't think you put him on the team and you say, okay, now we're set, let's go. Just put anyone you can find around him and we have a chance. But if you have a really good defense, and that was, to me, the story of the game, was what they did to Breeze, um, and you've got Dalvin Cook, and you know, obviously you've got Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph. I mean, there's a lot of pieces there. Then I think that Kirk Cousins is more than good enough to win with. Um, and that's enough. I think in the NFL that's enough. Sometimes we are judged fairly or unfairly by our contracts, about how much money we make. That's not just true of athletes. It's true of all of us to some degree. Um, but, but Cousins is a guy who, when he got his deal, uh, when he got signed to that enormous contract to come to a team that was in the NFC Championship game the year before, the expectation is now you've got to win the whole thing. And that's not unreasonable. That's sort of the, the circumstance that he is in and was in. So I don't think that the the, um, the criticism, if you will, has been unreasonable because I think those were reasonable expectations based on the circumstances. Um, but if you're going to now take a step back and say just how good is Kirk Cousins, I think he's good. I don't. My personal opinion is I'm, I, I would not consider him great, but I think he's good, and I think he's definitively good enough to win with. And if he has a good day uh, and the defense has a good day, I give them a puncher's chance to go out there in San Francisco, which is a team that, frankly, I haven't really believed in all year long either. Mike Greenberg is our guest here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. You can catch Get Up on ESPN every weekday morning from 7 to 9 Central Time. Uh, Greeny, where would you like to see from, well, from whatever perspective you want, I was going to say from the most fun team and the most fun for us to watch perspective, where do you want Tom Brady to play next year? Well, so here's what I think. I think that um, the best option, if winning is your primary consideration for both the Patriots and Brady, is that they stay together. I think that it feels decreasingly likely that that's what's going to happen. I think Brady wants out. Every sign 
And everyone you talk to tells you Brady wants out. And it'll probably be 20 years before he tells you why. Um, you know, we can all guess and we can all throw all these rumors out there. But for whatever reason, the overwhelming sense I'm getting is that Brady wants out. I think his best chance of winning is to stay right where he is. If he decides he wants out, look, there are a lot of fun places he could go. But if I were a soon-to-be 43-year-old quarterback, the only consideration I would have at this point is where can I go that I have the best chance to win? And it might sound ridiculous, but if you look at the places that might be interested in a quarterback, you know, if you look at the place that, that he might have a real chance to win, I think might be Tampa. Um, I was just on the radio with the guys in Tampa an hour ago, and they kind of sold me on this. Wow. You know, they have a bunch of really good receivers. they got a good running back. they got a bunch of young players. They have, a, a, I think, a bad division. Uh, I think Atlanta won a, a few games late. Otherwise, they were going to rebuild completely, and they probably should. Um, I think New Orleans' last best chance uh, during this kind of run, you, your, your Vikings took away from them. Um, you know, the, the Panthers are starting over again with a new coach and everything. So I think that that's a winnable division. Um, and I, I think that um, at this stage in his life, the weather, I think, would be good for him. I don't think he needs to be playing in, you know, nine degrees with a lot of wind. So I think that he would have a chance to win games there. Everyone is pointing to the Chargers, and there are a lot of obvious reasons why that makes sense. Um, so that's another one that I would keep an eye on. And then you never know what surprise he may pull. Um, but to go back to the beginning of it all, if I were in his shoes, the only thing I'd be taking into consideration is where do I have the best chance to win? And honestly, my feeling is, for him, the best chance to win next year would be back in New England. Reckless speculation. Well, we need to welcome Greeny to the club. That was, that was, that was a masterclass in speculation. That he's, was part, he's part of the oh, brand yeah. now. That, yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm surprised that long, well-thought-out answer on where Tom Brady may play next year, the entire thing didn't include your New York Jets, Greeny, which if, <laughs> if, this is about, if this is about I'll show Belichick, I know they got Sam Darnold, but don't tell me they'd turn away Tom Brady if he wanted to stay in division, go to the team Belichick hates the most, and, and stick it to him two times a year. Listen, he may be angry, but he's not crazy. Look, I've made no secret of my feelings on this. I'm, I'm, I, I, I do not. I think Adam Gase is a terrible coach, um, and I would not. If I were, if I were a quarterback, uh, I wouldn't even consider going to play for him and thus for the Jets. I, I, the the um, that to me is not an option. I mean, if I were in his shoes, I don't think it's an option in either direction. I mean, I think the Jets are trying to build something for the future with Darnold, and I actually do like Darnold. I, I think Darnold has a chance to be really good. Um, but my disappointment, if you will, in the fact that the Jets had a completely meaningless, reasonably good second half, is that it meant they didn't make a change that I think is just, you're just kicking the rock down the, whatever the expression is, kicking the can down, whatever it is you kick down, whatever it is, yep. you're just doing that because um, eventually, whenever it is that they're going to win again, they're going to have to have a new coach to do it. I don't believe in him at all uh, as either a leader or an offensive coach. Um, and so if I were Tom Brady, that's one I would have crossed off my list before it even got on my list. Speaking of teams there, uh, explain to me how the Giants land on a Patriots wide receiver slash special teams coordinator that uh, complete truth I had not heard of till this morning, Mike. I'm not going to lie to you. I hadn't either. We were in our meeting after the show today when the news about Matt Rule came down. Um, 
in Carolina that, that broke about two minutes after we it's been a bad couple of days for that, by the way. The Cowboys coach broke at ten oh one Eastern <laughs> yesterday and then the Panthers coach broke at ten oh one Eastern today. And someone in the meeting said that the, the Giants have set their sights on a few people, Josh McDaniels and someone named Joe Judge. And and we looked one of us looked around the room and not a one of us knew who that was. <laughs> and, and and here we are, we're 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 a, you know, a sports talk show. Um, so I would describe it as a surprise. Now, just because it's a surprise doesn't mean it's a bad idea. Sometimes the best ideas are the surprising ones. Bill Cower was a special teams coach. Mike Tomlin was not a name anyone had ever heard, uh, or, or particularly before he got the job in Pittsburgh. There have been a lot of other guys like that who've had great success. John Harbaugh was a, a special teams coach. Um, so that doesn't necessarily mean that, um, that it won't work, but um, I will agree with you that it came as an enormous surprise, and I can tell you, living in New York as I do, that the overwhelming reaction of the fan base has been hysteria, <laughs> has been unbridled, unbridled de- defeat, gloom, dejection, disgust, disgrace, dismay. Um, the fans here are not happy, let's put it that way. I-, I can't decide which fans in New York are now less happy with their coach, the ones who root for the Jets or the ones who root for the Giants. Yep. Uh, hey, great stuff. Mike Greenberg from Get Up on ESPN, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. And uh, we'll be sure that if, 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 if either you or anybody else on the panel picks the, against the Vikings, we will screenshot it and we'll just keep it in our back pocket for it. We need that kind of work. We're pretty insecure them. around here. Go sports. Niners, Mike. Yeah. Keep going Niners. It's fine. Let's plan, let, listen, guys, let's plan to do this again next week. All right. Because uh, maybe I'll be the good luck charm because I guarantee you, guarantee you, Every member of my panel on Friday will pick San Francisco. I, I will be shocked if that's not what happens, and that probably is the best news you could possibly get. So let's win, lose, or draw. Let's plan to do this again next week and see what happens. Uh, he is the uh, godfather kiss of death, Mike Greenberg. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. All right, Greeny, take care, man. Thanks, guys. Right. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That was great. Self-awareness is so refreshing, isn't it? When it you just know best. your team is terrible and your head coach is terrible and it would be crazy for anybody to actually want <laughs> to go and play there. Like, to choose to go and play well, for yeah, the, the New York Jets. The Jets are such a mess. And how Gaze did survive is beyond me. That's one of the mysteries. I mean, it's would not... Would you want to tell the guy who has those eyes that he's fired? I'd call him. I wouldn't call. I'd text like, sorry, buddy, uh, we're moving on. <laughs> Don't show up tomorrow. Oh, man. Parking spot's gone. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. Uh, when we come back here, a couple things. The XFL is very innovative with some of their rules, and remaining Viking to- uh, Vikings talkers include, what does that win over New Orleans guarantee for various Viking stakeholders? Mm-hmm. And later on, at the top of the hour, Doogie's got some Josh Donaldson steam, so stick with us here. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a brief moment. So I have been absolutely loving, for the last six months, my brand-new 2019 RAV4 XLE. It's been very helpful from a spaciousness standpoint, uh, with just moving things, my wife and I are, my wife, listen to me right now, my wife. Look at that, you picked up I'm on so that really mature. quick. So mature. Usually yeah. in the first few the weeks, old ball and, you got and, the, chain and, and you got I. the ring on, which is weird for like a month. Yeah, it's been. It uh, took me a month. It's been all right. It's been. Uh, feels like it's going to fall off all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's. A but problem. usually for the first few weeks, when you're just like mentioning her casually in conversation, you'll still say my girlfriend the and gal, then correct yeah. yourself. But you're right on <laughs> no, top. Of not it. if you're smart, you won't. <laughs> <I'll admit it. laughs> yep. No, my wife and I have enjoyed the spaciousness of moving stuff to uh, our new place, and I love the fact that. 
the Apple CarPlay system and the built-in engine system turns my car into a smartphone, basically, with the uh, the audio app screen. These cars are amazing in the service and the people and the expertise you get on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Luther Brookdale Toyota is second to none. So stop by and see my friends. Also, let's talk about finances for a second here because there's probably a lot of you like me that yeah, you know, maybe you're maybe you're a bit younger. You're just a little. You feel a little bit naive when it comes to saving money for retirement and down the road. Or I'll I'll get to that later. Well, a lot of the decisions you make right now, whether you're 25 or whether you're 50, a lot of those decisions can either make or cost you a lot of money later in life. So make sure you have someone standing by your side that can help guide you. Dale Tondrick would be that person, and Dale Tondrick will craft a retirement playbook for you that will help you enjoy life later on. Don't put it off. Call Tondrick Wealth Management today at 952-401-1671. That's 952-401-1671. Or go to Dale's website and read more about the services and the expertise that he provides at myinvestingcoach.com. That's myinvestingcoach.com. Dot com. Dale Tondrick will help prepare you for later in life and retirement. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North Download time. Jonathan here with this hour's download. Destination Winter St. Paul featuring the Wells Fargo Winter Skate and the Securian Financial Super Slide is open now through February 22nd over at CHS Field in St. Paul. The Wells Fargo Winter Skate opens daily at 11 a.m. and the Securian Financial Super Slide is open Thursday through Sunday. For more information, visit scorenorth.com, keyword winter. We've been talking all week so far about the huge game that Kirk Cousins had and how narrative-busting it was while James Harrison, former NFL linebacker, was on Colin Coward yesterday and he wasn't too convinced, saying... No, that, that that happened one time. He had no pressure on him. He wasn't expected to win the game. Hell, he probably didn't even expect to win the game. You see how excited he was after that game? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, somebody that expects to win, you're not that excited. You would have thought that he won the Super Bowl the way he reacted after that. Like my dad says, the sun shines on every dog's ass once in a while. Right. That was the day that it just shined on him. I want you to go out there and do it consistently, year in, year out, game in and game out, and then... I'll jump on the bandwagon. But until I see that, you went out there, you got lucky. Let me see what it do from here on out. Even if he was to possibly figure out some way to beat San Francisco, I still wouldn't be impressed because it's only two times in how many. If I keep betting on the same team over and over, at some point in time, I'm going to win. Okay, then. Dude. That's been your score north download. Now back okay. to Mackie and Jeff with Rami. We have officially jumped the shark on Kirk Cousins' <laughs> criticism. Are you kidding me? James Harrison? That was James Harrison, right? Yes. Yep. He's okay. on Colin Coward yesterday. So it's one, like, basically his whole argument was, well, he's not Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. He doesn't deserve... Yeah, nobody ever said he was. He doesn't deserve that, praise for what he just did? That was 1,000% some type of, hey, go say something. Say something inflammatory. Hot take factory. Yes, yeah. that was a Fox special right there. I, mean, I, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Let's. Wow. I'm not buying that. Hot take cops is recorded on location with the men and women of sports talk. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty in hot take court. All right, let's cue that up again. 
No, that, that that happened one time. He had no pressure on him. He wasn't expected to win the game. Hell, he probably didn't even expect to win the game. You see how excited he was after that game? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, somebody that expects to win, you're not that excited. You would have thought that he won the Super Bowl the way he reacted after that. Like my dad says, the sun shines on every dog's ass once in a while. Right. That was the day that it just shined on him. I want you to go out there and do it consistently, year in, year out, game in, and game out, and then... I'll jump on the bandwagon. But until I see that, you went out there, you got lucky. Let me see what it do from here on out. Even if he was to possibly figure out some way to beat San Francisco, I still wouldn't be impressed because it's only two times in how many. If I keep betting on the same team over and over, at some point in time, I'm going to win. There's nothing correct about There's like not one thing correct about that take. He was too happy about the win. Hot take cops, man. He was too happy about the win. And then he says, if he goes out and does it consistently, maybe I'll buy it. But even if he beats San Francisco, I'm not going to give him any credit. What, what what exactly are you looking for from this guy? What exactly, and, and we've all had our share of, of criticisms for Kirk Cousins, but when the dude deserves credit and a pat on the back, give him credit and a pat on the back. Don't don't have a hot take just to have a hot take. It's a bunch of garbage. It's just garbage. Also, I, I, it's, it's nonsense. He also used the word lucky. He got lucky. Yeah, there was Let's nothing say, lucky about that. Thank Kirk, you for reminding. That's the other thing about his take that was wrong. That that forty three yard pass was just a really good pass. There was a. It's not like it bounced off somebody's hands and right. landed in Adam Thielen. But if he says Keenum got lucky two years in ago, the bread basket. But if Harrison goes on Coward and says, "Yeah, Kirk Cousins played pretty well," you know that was sort of impressive. I'd like to see that again on Saturday. We're all like, oh, "Okay, cool." Yeah, but like him saying what he just said also doesn't make me want to. If if his strategy is what can I say to get att- well, he's getting attention from us now, but right. it's like the last time I will ever take anything he says seriously. I mean, if he's trying to say, are you that he's not convinced that Kirk Cousins is is Mister Clutch all of a sudden? Fair point, because I'm not either. I said that today on Score North Live that if you had a question about whatever questions you had about Kirk Cousins before sun- Sunday's game. You should still have those questions after Sunday's game. That's one game in, in the sample size of Kirk Cousins' career. If that's what he's trying to say, that you don't necessarily, he's not a guy who you'll look to in the clutch, all right, I can I can see that. He hasn't done enough to prove that, but to just give him no credit whatsoever, I think is asinine. Yeah, and I, he doesn't need to be Mr. Clutch all the time. And I get that James Harrison played a lot of games, a lot of seasons with Ben Roethlisberger, who... Uh, has, is probably going to be enshrined in Canton. And he played a lot of games against Tom Brady. And so if that's the bar, okay, cool. Yeah, we all agree. Kirk Cousins isn't Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady. Uh, he doesn't need to be clutch all the time. He just needs to be clutch sometimes. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo actually has four fourth-quarter comebacks and game-winning drives this season. So, like, I think that would be the ask. Hey, don't make this your one and only, Kirk Cousins, your one and only big-time performance. But... Those standards that James Harrison just held yeah. him to, we have jumped the shark on Kirk Cousins' criticism. The boring thing, the boring but accurate thing to say about Cousins right now is the story is not written on 2019. It's that simple. Like, let's see, he's not wrong in saying, let's see you play like you did on Sunday against uh, San Francisco. I completely agree. But this whole thing of it, you got lucky, and, you know, I'm sorry, the throw to Thielen, which did not surprise me. He can make that throw is a great throw. You can't. It is. You can't look and at that the throw, throw. to Rudolph is a great yeah, throw. But you can't look at those throws and say, "Oh, that's luck. that's not luck. That's what he's good good at." And the, the fact that he was put in a position and those plays were called is very smart. But when you can throw the deep ball as well as that guy can, 
At some point in time, that's not luck. That's a talent. Yes. Now, now, is he going to come out on Saturday and um, and shine or not? I have no clue. I'm curious about that. But everything, how, how many things that you guys saw against the Saints, did you not come away from that game and say, wow, that's impressive? I mean, Actually, defense, impressive. Cousins, not great, but some good throws. Dalvin Cook, whoa, right? Feeling back, really good. Well, actually, I, I, if I'm if I'm interpreting your point correctly here, nothing that happened in New Orleans do I look at and say, "Boy, that's not repeatable against San Francisco." I don't think I, I would say the overall effectiveness of the defensive scheme and game plan. You're probably not going to have that perfect of a game plan again. My point being is, I'm not looking back at that game and questioning things, and also saying. <laughs> Yeah, all right. That's not impressive. No, it was impressive. Yeah. When you go in with that good a plan on basically both sides of the football, and yes, you got some luck. I totally get that. But when you go in to a stadium that's as tough as the Superdome is to play in, and you execute that like they did, there's not a lot of stuff that you're like, oh yeah, nah, that no, nah, that wasn't impressive. No, it's impressive. Yeah. Give credit there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, James Harrison, whomever, give credit there. He wasn't lights out, but the dude delivered when you needed him to deliver on Sunday, and he deserves credit for that. And yeah. it's and it's a notch in his belt for a guy who has been criticized for falling apart in just those spots. And as we discussed too earlier today, the fact of that game was that is the blueprint of the game that the day they signed Cousins, Zimmer envisioned. The defense was lights out, phenomenal, 20 points from a team that was scoring, what, 36 or something? Mm -hmm. The offense was good. It was solid. Does it have to be great? Absolutely not. It has to contribute and be good. And and the most important stat, I think, on Cousins' line was not the completion percentage. It was not the yards. It wasn't even the touchdowns. It was no picks. Because you replaced Keenum because you didn't trust him in a big situation or a big game not to make a mistake that would undermine you and result in a terrible pick. And we saw those. We saw those against the Eagles and Saints. That was what we saw. If you had sat down with Mike the day they signed Cousins and said, give me what you want, really, he would have said that game. Mm -hmm. I scheme a game plan. We're phenomenal. Cousins does not screw it up. And offensively, we got some really nice, really nice pieces. Yeah. And, you know, the the things that I look at, again, the only thing I think – it's going to be hard to repeat. It's just the perfection of how much you game planned against the New Orleans Saints and everything played into your favor. I don't. I don't think you're going to come up with the perfect game plan again. You're, it's going to. It, I'm not even saying that it guarantees the Niners are going to score more points. You're just going to have to find other ways to stop them defensively than wow. Here's three things that we're going to throw at you that you didn't see coming, like they did with with the game last week. But even Dalvin Cook, for instance. All right, Dalvin Cook was great in that game, but. They kind of shut Dalvin Cook down in the second half. You, if you look at the totality of Dalvin Cook's game, it was a really, really good game. It wasn't his best game as a Viking. He was great in the first half, but they almost completely shut him down in the second half. Ten yards. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't total. like holy crap. Dalvin Cook ran 15 times for 175 yards, and that's not repeatable. Even that touchdown he scored from the half yard line, he almost got stuffed on. Like they were, they were bringing it to Dalvin Cook but, in the second half. But what made him so good? The threat of him. Yeah, right. And that's going to exist again Absolutely. this weekend. Yes. The threat of, if if he steps on the field and he's out there for 3 hours, yes. then the Niners defense and the, I'm oversimplifying this, but the Niners defense is going to have to decide just like the Saints had to decide, 
are we going to put a couple of safeties back there and just make sure that Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs don't break out, don't, don't get a one-on-one matchup and get to run a post route for a touchdown and play into Kirk Cousins' strength? Or do we sneak a guy up to stop Dalvin Cook? I mean, that's the decision that the 49ers are going to have to make for three hours on Saturday. So, What's your choice? I've got mine. For that decision. If, if you are the Niners, what's your choice? Honestly, what's your poison? I've got mine. I honestly make Kirk try to beat me. I, I don't let Dalvin Cook Same. gash me for 150. I say, Kirk, great job. Do it again. Complete that pass two or three more times and beat us. Same. And I, I agree 100%. And I bring the house at Kirk. And I, I get to him and I hit him. And I take penalties at least early. Oh, you go Brett Favre. You go Bounty Gate wow. on this game. Early Whoa. on, I put, I put the fear of the Lord in Kirk. <laughs> yes, because they can. They're that good. That's the difference. Because I, I think they're going to have at least a couple guys, if not three guys who have been out a lot of late, are going to be back. I go after Kirk. And I'm not saying that I try and hurt Kirk. I do not. But I yeah. do I do hit him, and I basically say, all right, complete the pass. If you're the Vikings, don't you have to sort of plan for that? It's the yes. uh, It's the... We've talked about this book before on our show. One of my favorite books is was written by Bob Knight of all people. Crazy, yeah, because you guys coach got Bob so Knight. much in common. I know Phil Mackey and Bob Knight but, think but the exact same. The book was called <laughs> "The Power of Negative Thinking," and it wasn't about like being a negative ass all the time, which is how he probably interpreted his own book. Uh-huh. It's about always prepare for like the worst thing to happen, yeah. so that you're good if yeah. that happens. Right, right, yeah. So if you're the Vikings, don't you have to prepare like. Kirk Cousins is going to be flustered on every... In fact, we just got a question from someone last segment on our Twitter account here. Uh, at Score North, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. And I want to get the name right here. Uh, it's down in my timeline. But he was asking us... I've been listening all day. Uh, it's from Terry. I've been listening all day. Is anyone concerned with Elfline or Bradbury getting destroyed in this game by San Francisco's pass rushers in, in front seven? It could easily derail any offensive plan. I would be planning all week. I wouldn't be planting these seeds in their heads and saying, listen, you guys are probably going to get smoked. So, uh, Elfline, you get forklifted off the line of scrimmage at least 10 times a game. I, like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that to them. But I would be secretly planning for if they are bringing ridiculous pressure, what's my plan? How do I handle that? Am I, am I designing plays for Kirk to get out of the pocket? Am I designing yes. quick hitters? Like, what is my plan? Obviously, if you can sit back and they and they block well and you can – you know, get three, four seconds. Like, that's the perfect scenario. But what happens if they are in his face all day? How do you score points? You go to Elfline, you're just like, try not to get trucked like yeah. more than 10 times yeah. in this game. Let's set the <laughs> bar please. at 10 where you end up on your back. Feels reasonable. And don't fly into Kirk more than three times. <laughs> if you're flying backwards, try and avoid number eight. Try not to step on the quarterback see. if you can, please. Yeah, but... Like that? <laughs> no. You like that? That's what he sounds like when Elfline gets forklifted into his ankle. You like that? Ah, there it is. You might be right. Right there. Uh, all right. Before we get in about 10 minutes to some Josh Donaldson steam from our guy Doogie. Steam or smoke? I think it's more steam. Okay. All right. Something that works. For me, steam is if it's coming from you. Or like like you're getting the He's getting the steam. Okay. Smoke is more like it's out there. Right. Steam is more gotcha. in in your face. Right. right? Gotcha. Like on the oven. I think I know what you're saying. Over it. Right. Yeah. I think I know what he's saying. I have saying, absolutely so. no clue. I'm just going to say I think he does interpret, so we can move on. Interpret it for me. I was just trying to move time. it along. Okay, that's just good. Just trying to move it along okay. and say I got you, What's Phil. next? He'll then? explain it all in 10 minutes. Okay, okay? good. 
But what are these XFL rules that came out today? So they 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 came up with a handful of rules, actually about ten rules that they think will separate them, differentiate them from the NFL. And they said that what they were going for is faster pace, more excitement, mm-hmm. uh, less idle time, and just a quicker game overall. That's that's what they're going for with these rules, which I know are all things. That Judd Zolgad is on board for 100. 245 or so. That's exactly the number that yes. they're shooting for, Judd. I'm, I'm so in right the now. The average NFL game Week is one, two hours, not. 45 minutes. No, but what's going to happen is once the NFL crashes and burns, which it will crash and burn, the NFL can adopt some of these things like they did in the first incarnation of the XFL. They borrowed some things like the Sky Cam and a few other things. From the XFL, so yeah, here which fell, on t- which fell on Sunday from the Superdome. That's yeah. true. Yeah, they Luckily borrowed Tommy Maddox, and he hate me too. They That's true. Uh, so the first thing is kickoffs. They want a kickoff designed to encourage touchbacks or discourage touchbacks and increase the likelihood of a return. So what they're going to do? Ball will be kicked from the thirty yard line, but the coverage and blocking teams will line up at the receiving team's thirty five and thirty yard line. So they're only five yards apart. And only the kicker and returner can move until the ball is caught. So they're sta- they're they're ready to engage. Yes, they are five yards apart, ready to engage. <laughs> Nobody can move. Can you repeat that really until quick? the ball is caught? So what? So the the so cover- the kicker is the only one that's way back. The coverage team is going to line up at the thirty-five. Okay. Blocking team will line up at the thirty. Okay. Ball is kicked. Only the returner and the kicker are allowed to be moving until the returner catches the ball or. Three seconds after it hits the ground. So, so basically, this sounds like a penalty. A touchback to will be spotted at the thirty-five. Kicks out of bounds will go to the forty. This actually feels like something the NFL would steal because the NFL has been trying to kind of keep kickoffs in, but get rid of some of the violence of running seventy yards and bashing your head into someone. Right. So you're you're all you're doing is you're moving the kickoff team. You're moving them up like forty yards so that they're not getting a forty-yard running head start and bashing into the exactly. return team. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it sounds fine. All right. I'm not that <laughs> So far, I'm all for one on excitement factor, guys. You don't like that. I like that one. Well, no, I got to see it. Football. I like encouraging returns and not touchbacks. I got to see that. it. All right. Uh, players More can't, concussions. On punts, players, concussions. players can't leave the, the line of scrimmage until after the kick. Any kick that goes into the end zone or out of bounds will be marked at the 35-yard line or wherever it went out of bounds, whichever is better for the receiving team. The idea is to discourage fair catches and coffin corner kicks while providing more incentive to go for it on fourth down. More concussions. <laughs> we're going after We're the concussion league. Can I hit that quarterback in the face? I want to do it. Yes, you can. 68% of our players have CTE. How about you, NFL? You'll have three options. Football! After scoring a touchdown, one-point play from the two-yard line, two-point play from the three-yard line, or three-point play from the ten-yard line, there is no kicking extra points. I like this. Love it. Yep. Are there field goals, and how many uh, points are there? I don't. They don't have anything about field goals in these rules that I'm looking at. So you are. can get. So you can get three points on a field goal, or you can get three points on, on an, an extra, extra point, point if you score from if the you ten. Go from the ten. Okay. okay. All right. So I score. I'm up. Uh, it's six. Rip. I then go for the three. I now, now have nine. nine points. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. A shootout style overtime. Each team gets five single play possessions from the five yard line. If the game is still tied at that point, rotating possessions until there is a winner. Wait. I thought this was Pat McAfee's idea. Was it? Did he steal it from XFL? I don't or know. Did XFL steal it from Pat? Maybe McAfee? they stole it from Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee on our favorite show with our new uh, fourth co-host Mike Greenberg. Exactly. So on Get Up we, the other day, are we paying him enough? 
We, uh, we he only makes like six million a year. <laughs> he, he alluded to that in the interview. <laughs> People are judged on their salaries. We said so. So I don't have it in front of me. But Pat McAfee went through what he would do for uh, for NFL overtime, and he would have one offense versus one defense, ready to rock, shootout style on one goal line, and then another one on the other goal line, or from the two. Oh, it doesn't say spot. if they'll both be lined up simultaneously. I do remember this proposal now that I heard it. Now, it, that, now that you're reminding me, but it would be. So team one, let's say, okay, Vikings and Niners. Vikings offense, you're first out of the gate. You get one play from the two-point conversion line. And uh, if you score, now the Niners have to score to keep the overtime period alive. If they don't, it's over. So unlike in the NHL where they give you they give you three guaranteed shots and you have to, you have to play the shootout there. So that's Pat McAfee's idea. That's exactly what it sounds like you're describing. They're saying the rotating possessions, not yeah. al- not alternating plays, but rotating possessions. I think that's the same thing. Oh, so you wouldn't get just one no, play. No, so they would get their that's five, the then the other team would get their five. Kind of like college is, okay. how I, is how I interpret it. But okay. they hope that overtimes will be rare because of the multiple options yes, of extra of, points yeah. after touchdowns. Like it. Uh, they also are, they want to allow two forward passes on one play if the first pass doesn't go past the line of, line of scrimmage. Wow. The purpose is to encourage creative trick plays without the risk of losing possession of a lateral <laughs> or backward pass, which is a live ball if it hits the ground. So I can throw a pass to you, a you dump do, off, basically. Yes. A screen, basically. Yeah. You can then turn around and throw it downfield. Right. So you can even just have, like... Why not? It can just be a designed pass play, and then you have a bailout option. Like, you could mask it as a screen. Yep, Just send a absolutely. running back out of the backfield towards the line of scrimmage, dump it off to him. Wow. As long as he hasn't crossed the line of scrimmage, he can now throw it anywhere he wants. So even if it's just, if it's just, this is just a straight up pass play, but oh my God, I'm panicking because the defense has gotten to me. Now I can run backwards and just throw it again down the field to somebody. Yeah. I don't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, it sounds fine. Uh, I'm in. I'm in for it. For a only, like uh, this, why not? Only one foot needs to be in in bounds for possession. That's fine because it's mostly going to be like college caliber players, anyways. <laughs> right? right? That's Let's not make it harder on them. They're going to have you a guys total. Suck rule. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to this. Now the NFL can definitely borrow from this. Nine officials on the field, one of whom will be dedicated solely to spotting the ball to minimize downtime between plays. Judd Zolgad, XFL head of officiating Dean Blandino, said wait, most. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, yeah, wait, what? Yeah, you guys did came out on Monday. You guys didn't hear that? What? Yeah. He did the same thing for the He was AF, the AAF head of officiating. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Yeah. He He's sure stealing was. money. <laughs> <laughs> it's a genius scam. He's got the Fox deal in this. He's it's stealing genius. money. Amazing. Uh, he says most of the XFL officials have oh. experience at the Division I college level. Uh, and yeah, it says right here, he performed a similar function for the Alliance of American Football last spring. Jonathan is 100% right. A video official, this is what I've been calling for in the NFL, who can intervene on significant non-reviewable plays when involving player safety or any calls inside of five minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. There will also be booth-initiated reviews of traditionally reviewable plays using Hawkeye technology that ingests video directly from the broadcast truck. Here it is. This Isn't is that, gonna, that's brilliant. This will be stolen. It should, it should be. be yeah. They should be ahead of the XFL they'll, on this. I don't know waiting for. Years. This league is going to bankrupt Vince McMahon, but three great ideas are going to keep the NFL afloat for 50 Which years. They'll allow offensive linemen to be two yards downfield when a pass is thrown with the hope of minimizing flags on run-pass option plays. Good. And a like series that. of tweaks that the XFL Love hopes that. will cap games at two hours 
45 minutes. The tweaks include a running game clock that won't stop after incomplete passes or when players go out of bounds except inside of two minutes. And there will be only a 10-minute halftime show. Two timeouts per team per half. No coin tosses. The home team will make the choice to kick, receive, or defer to start the game. Beautiful. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think... Time of game is a problem in the NFL. It's more of a problem in college football. I like speeding it up, though, don't you? No. I mean, why I'm not? Okay I'm in for this. I will, this this has my not. attention for at least oh, one no, game. Oh, no, it's going to be terrible football. It's going to be awful football. You won't football. watch at all, is my guess. No, I didn't watch one second of Week the one? AAF. I didn't watch one second of bowl season. And I probably won't watch one second of XFL because I don't got time in my life I'm for I'm predicting every single game, by the way. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, Rami, by the way, uh, not you, anymore, didn't, you didn't read the fine language of your contract. It uh-huh. actually says mandatory XFL podcast once a week. So enjoy. Phil and I, all in for week one. My, my guess is by week three, I'm done and out. Week oh, you're one, giving it three weeks. Week one, no question. I'm in. I'm in, too. I'm right. in, too. You guys let me know uh, how it is. All right. All right. Ma- Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Are the twins really out on Josh Donaldson? Doogie has information when we come. He's got steam or smoke. We're going to find out which one. When we come back here, Judd. Yes, uh, but first, Phil, it's time to talk about my friend Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave Real Estate Group, and their guaranteed sales program. As a sports fan, as I've been telling you, we love guarantees, right? That's why, boys, we write stuff down. Now, on Wednesdays. Now, what if I told you about a guarantee that could hit much closer to home? And I mean it literally. If you're looking to sell your house, Jason and his team will guarantee the sale of your home when you list with the Walgrave Real Estate Group. Yes, I said guarantee. Why have a guaranteed offer when you can have a guaranteed sale? All you need to do, it's this simple, is go to minnesotahometalk.com and click on the Guaranteed Sale button to learn how this program works. It's that simple. If you're going to be moving this spring, now is the time to act. Don't wait. Act now. And there's plenty of pressure in moving, right? So go with Jason's Guaranteed Sales program and take some of that pressure off. Again, go to minnesotahometalk.com, click on the Guaranteed Sales button. To learn more, once again, that's minnesotahometalk.com. Click on the Guaranteed Sales button. You get the guarantee it's a good idea. In fact, you know what? Write that down. You need to, to do that. Go to minnesotahometalk.com. Wow, Judd's got guarantees. I, I got a guarantee for you, too. I guarantee Don't name it, man. Guarantee it. Uh, or that. who's that guy from the suit place? I guarantee it. Uh, I guarantee. Oh, what is that guy's name? Yes. Oh, oh, George. Man. George Men's Warehouse. George, George Zimmerman. George Zimmerman. Yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, right. Rami. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee you. will be a new thing now, by the way. New business. We'll look that up. I guarantee you. Do you want to endorse it? No. I mean, Rami here. If you'll pay me. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I guarantee you'll be entertained with a TCL TV because you get access to 500,000 TV show episodes and 5,000 streaming channels. The best way to watch all your favorite content with that built in Roku device, whether you stream it, pay for a cable or satellite subscription, or use built in tuner because you're old school to enjoy free over the air channels, Uh, you get all kinds of great. Bells and whistles with TCL TVs, America's fastest growing TV brand available at any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. And the website is TCLUSA.com. The scoop with Doogie next. It goes down my legs a little bit. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. All right, welcome back. It's Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. 
which you should download, by the way, because you can listen live on your smartphone to Score North. You can listen to all of our podcasts, including The Scoop with Doogie. And you can read all kinds of articles about the Vikings this week from Matthew Collard, Judd Zolgad, etc. Sounds uh, expensive, though. Actually, Robbie? Uh-huh. It's free. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's I'm free. charging for my it's stuff, actually. <laughs> really? Starting today. <laughs> put yours behind, put put it behind a wall. Good. <laughs> Uh, so Doogie comes in here now uh, every Tuesday at 5 o'clock to join us for his now weekly again scoop segment. Welcome I appreciate that, studio. gentlemen. Happy New Year. Appreciate you coming in here. And uh, let's just let's just start out. We're going to get to Viking stuff, Vikings injury nuggets, and anything you might have there. But the Twins were deemed, as of a few days ago, by the Star Tribune to be basically out on the Josh Donaldson sweepstakes. But Josh Donaldson... Last I checked in the last few days, has not actually signed. It's down to the Twins and the Braves, unless a mystery team comes in, or the Nats have uh, signed a couple of veterans for no reason. What is the latest on Josh Donaldson and the Twins, from what you're hearing? The Twins are still in it. By the way, the Nationals are still in it. Now, would I bet on Washington landing Donaldson? I would not. But are the Nationals out? No. In fact, I was told today, and this is not coming from the Twins' side, by the way. You know, I'm doing my due diligence both sides. Am I talking and, and hearing stuff from the Twins? Yes. Am I also hearing some stuff from the Donaldson camp? Absolutely. I can tell you the Nationals are still in it. The Braves are still in it. The Twins are still in it. I am told Donaldson had a very productive conversation with Rocco Baldelli. He really, really likes Rocco. I'm also told Donaldson feels like there is a ton of appeal in returning to the American League. He is an American League guy. Went to the National League for the one year. I'm just told by somebody who knows Josh incredibly well that if he returns to Atlanta, he looks at that Nationals rotation. He looks at that Phillies rotation, that Mets rotation. You can make a case. The best starting pitching in the game resides in the National League East. If you look at the American League Central top to bottom, there is appeal in playing is it 18 or 19 games a year against all the 19 the division foes? It's okay, ne- so do the math, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. 76 games, and I get it. I mean, if you're facing Clevenger or some of those other Indians pitchers, you know, you're not facing, you know, garbage. But there is appeal in facing on a regular basis American League Central pitching. But here would be the headline. As of today, the Twins do not have the biggest financial offer on the table. Okay. Now, could that change? It could. The Twins have not been told, hey, make your final offer. Now, is it possible the offer the Twins have on the table right now is their final offer? I guess that is possible. That part remains to be seen. But the Donaldson side has not gone to the Twins and said, hey, make your final offer. I think if the Twins go up, I think money talks in this case. Maybe in the Wheeler case, it didn't. Although if the Twins went to maybe $140 million, maybe it would have. <laughs> maybe with some other guys, Bumgarner. He really wanted to be in Arizona. Maybe money doesn't talk loudest there. I think in the case of Josh Donaldson, money will talk loudest. But to suggest that the Twins are out is asinine. And on the Star Tribune report from the weekend, and we all know Phil Miller in this room, Phil didn't make that up. That came from the Twins' side. I am baffled, confused, why the Twins would leak that information to Phil Miller. It is as idiotic as I can think. I just I can't come up with a rationale why the Twins would want that story out there. 
But that story did not come from the Donaldson side. That this, story this came is, from the twin side. This is pure speculation, and I, I, I don't know that you'd have an answer to this. Do you? As a matter of fact, reckless speculation. This is not reckless. I promise. This I would, is legit. I would guess you probably don't. Do you think that there is some some disagreement within the twins, and there is a camp that wants Donaldson and a camp that doesn't want Donaldson, and Oof. those who don't put that out there to sort of poison the waters? I don't think so. I think it's pretty much kumbaya over there. Okay. I would be surprised. I don't have that answer definitively, right. though, Rami. I'm sorry. No, I But I'm just I, telling you. I, I said okay, so reckless speculation <laughs> yeah. would be that they're, <clears throat> they're locked in arms over there. That, that no, I, I don't think there's a faction that says, hey, let's offer him four 100 million. By the way, I don't think the Twins offer is anywhere close to four 100 million. I think if they got oh, so close to that. This isn't happening. Or four 105, 110, I think he comes here. I think the Twins get Josh Donaldson if they want to offer that. I think the offer is closer to eighty to eighty-five million. It is a four-year offer, but again, he has a bigger four-year offer on the table. But yeah, Rami, I just and that's the Braves, I think it's, right? I do. I, I think it's kumbaya. Okay, there. so it's the Braves, it's the Braves, it's the Twins, the, the Nats, and his preference, and the offer that remains out there is the Braves. Correct? As the Braves well. have an offer on the table. Yes, the Donaldson camp. Talks to the Twins, I'm told, daily, whether it's Falvey, somebody else in the front office. Literally every single day, there is a back and forth. Now, the Rangers still are making some calls. The Dodgers. Now, I am not told that either of those teams is willing to go to a fourth year. So, yeah, at this moment, it seemingly is down to the Twins, the Braves, and the Nationals. And I'm just led to believe, again, that I would not bet on him going to Washington. I do think it's down to the Braves. And the Twins. And if the Twins want to offer him more money, I think the Twins have a legit chance to land him. Okay, I, I want to come back to the money part in just a second here, because I have a question about that too. But I think the the public belief is that he loves Atlanta. And I know you've listed that he also loves the American League. How much of this is, well, he really loves Atlanta, and he's just him and his camp are just using the Twins as a pawn to make sure that he gets what he wants from Atlanta. How legit... How legit is, are the twins in this equation for an actual landing spot if the money's right? Yeah, my sense is that he does prefer Atlanta. If all things are relatively equal, the preference is re-sign with the Braves, even though he prefers the American League. Yeah, I mean, he's got some ties to, to the South there. I mean, from the state of, of Alabama, I think he really enjoyed his time in Atlanta. I mean, much like here, I think he feels like he can win at a high level in Atlanta. So returning... To where he just had a really good year does hold appeal. Yeah, I do. I think all things about equal, the preference is Atlanta. So that's where the Twins would have to offer. I don't know if it's significantly more money, but I do think they need to offer more money than Atlanta to convince him to sign. Okay, so on the money, this is what I don't get. And again, this is a lot of this is we don't we're not sitting here looking at the exact offers and figures, and so we we don't know for sure. But yeah, I don't even know between Atlanta and Washington who is offering more. I just know. That the Twins do not have the biggest offer on the table. And that's interesting. And if the Twins are sitting at, let's say, 4 and 85 or something, and it would take 4 and 105 to get Josh Donaldson. You do it. 100%. You're already in for the four. You're already in for like 20 million a year. At this point, if we're talking about an additional three to five million dollars, I'd want to know why aren't the Twins, is it ownership? Is it the front office saying, wow, we got to be reasonable here and. You know, there's not enough value. I mean, if you're in for four and eighty something, you should be in for four and a hundred plus million, hands down to me. Typically, and a lot of fans don't believe this, but typically, it is not the poll ads putting the kibosh on this. It's the front office setting a price point 
on these guys and saying we're just we're not budging all that much. I mean, you mean to tell me that if Derek Falvey calls Jim Polat tonight and says, Jim, I have Josh Donaldson. I have him. But we need to offer $105 million. We're already, you know, uh, we've been granted your approval to offer him $83 million. What about an additional $22 million over the course of four years? Will you greenlight that? I firmly believe that Jim Polad would say yes. A lot of fans would, would, would I think know. otherwise. I get it. When's a decision coming? Well, I mean, the Twins thought a decision would come right around Christmas. But they've got And a, that's why I said yeah. on social media to a number of people, and they kept asking me, hey, you know, when's the Donaldson decision coming? I said soon. But like this he, was back on December 23rd. Is he thinking that, that the Twins are going to go up here eventually pretty soon and that he'll, he can take that then? Or at some point in time, you've got to say, okay, I've got four offers out there. This one is the best one. I'll just take it. Or I'll go back to the Braves. Correct. Like it's it's weird that, but it's, it's not like there's another really good here. third baseman or even infielder on the market right now. Right. So, so at this ex- point, he's, so he's expecting got, that somebody is going to go up. Yeah, I think at this point, okay. yes, that is that is a safe assumption. Okay. But at some point here, I mean, we're talking now on January seventh. At some point here, I think he wants to know where he's going to reside for seven weeks of spring training. Pretty quick here. So you know, I would think that we'll have a decision relatively soon. I can't tell you. You know, will it be tomorrow? Will it be Thursday, Friday? But I would be surprised if we're talking maybe even next Tuesday in this time slot if we don't know where he's going. Do you know if there are any other irons in the fire as far as potential big splash additions? At this point, looking at the free agent market, it would probably have to come from a trade. Is there anything in the works or even in, in the very early beginnings of talks where they're looking for a plan B after Josh Donaldson? I don't know what the plan B is because I thought... The slugger that left the Brewers went to the Nationals. Eric, how do you say his last name? Yeah, Tim's. 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 I don't know the correct pronunciation on on the last name. Tim's. 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 Yeah. You know, I mean, he could have made logical sense, right? He's not sure, so don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, what's my name again? (laughs) Yeah. The Twins were not in on him. I mean, his side reached out to the Twins numerous times. I mean, that's what all these agents are doing right now. I mean, imagine if if you're representing Todd Frazier or Mitch Moreland. (laughs) Or you have Eric Thames before he signs with the Nationals. Resign. At this point, you're getting desperate, right? So you're the one initiating all these phone calls. It's not teams at this point reaching out to you. It's you reaching out to these teams saying, hey, would you like my client? Here's why my client makes sense for you. Yeah. So that happened in the case of, of Thames multiple times. And the Twins were consistent on that front saying, we're just, we're not interested. You know, but could it potentially be Moreland or Frazier? I mean, they planted a seed on Todd Frazier many, many weeks ago. I know for a fact that Moreland's camp has reached out to the Twins. I don't know if it's being reciprocated. I don't know. I mean, you know, logically, would Mitch Moreland at this point make some sense if they swing and miss on Josh Donaldson? I guess. Uh, but I don't know that for sure. And certainly, Rami, they are still talking to teams. Like, I know they've talked to the Rockies about John Gray. And I do think at some point the Rockies move John Gray. Now, is that now? Is that in July? Is that What's next that winter? But I do think eventually they do move him. Is that Rosario on a prospect? If you're going to get John Gray, which would be great. It would take a lot. I don't but know exactly that? what it would take, but it would take a lot. Because I just, that, that's the thing is, right now, if you go into opening day, okay, Barrios, all right, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Odo, okay, yeah. But Homer Bailey is your three? Oh, right. Like, Alley is, yeah. No, with no I know Rich that. Hill, with no, no Michael Pineda. Yeah, I he's your number that. three. But what I'm saying is, I'm not very comfortable there. Mm-mm. And at some point in time, you're going to have to do, and the, the as uh, we were talking about just before, the market's basically dried up now. 
as far as free agency goes. So at some point, you're going to have to take a step and probably trade a prospect or somebody or a couple of them that you don't want to move. Because I just don't, I don't see parading Homer Bailey as the three until Pineda comes back and then saying, well, hopefully he's fine or great. As it team, that seems very dicey for a team that we have expected is going to be very competitive in 2020. I also think it's a slippery slope just to assume that you can be really good in April and May and be in a position in June and July to strike. Yep. I mean, what if the White Sox get off to a really good start? Then I can guarantee you the White Sox are going to go all in on some potential trade, you know, acquisition. So, I'm with you. I would try to strike now, not wait until midseason to make a move like that. But if the Rockies are asking for the moon, that's where it becomes tough. And I'm sure there's some other names out there as well. I just know for sure that they have talked to the Rockies about Gray. Wetmore put up a piece earlier today at scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth mobile app saying essentially Lewis and Kirloff are, are off the table. They're basically untouchable. Is that what you're hearing from them when, they, mm. when they're talking trades with these other teams? I mean, I would be surprised if either got moved. But like to sit here and suggest like zero chance, I can't do that. But yeah, I guess I would be surprised if if either of those two specific guys got moved. Yeah, I think just the for me to this point in the off season, they've made a few little incremental additions. I I do think I do like their bullpen bringing Romo back, and I think Clippard's going to at least be a reliable guy uh, who's been around before. And I think Rich Hill in the second half of the season is going to be helpful if he's healthy, but there's a couple hurdles to clear there, right? He's really good when healthy, but that was a pretty big surgery he had in late November. It's like a modified Tommy John. 40 years old. Correct. Is he 41 now? He's like my age. But when you account for all the things that are probably not going to happen again, namely breaking the home run record, I don't think they start the season and the White Sox getting better I don't think they start the season just picking up where they left off. I agree. I don't think they I don't think they've done enough yet. I think they've been trying. I don't think they've just been making fake overtures and offers, but at some point if if really if if it's an if it's an extra 20 or 30 million for Josh Donaldson, if you pull the trigger on that, you have the best offense in baseball for my money. If Byron Buxton's healthy and he's your nine hitter, I mean, you you By can the fight way, me on the Astros and on stuff. On Buxton, here's an update. He is now swinging. So coming off the September shoulder surgery, I don't think that's out there, so there's a scoop for this segment. Byron Buxton is up to now swinging a bat. All signs point to him being good to go, certainly by opening day. I think even, you know, maybe not like that first day of of full workouts. I mean, they're going to ease him in. But put it this way, Byron Buxton is doing very, very well. So if you want an update there, there's your Buxton update. But, yeah, I mean, I think Judd has made this point multiple times. There probably is something to be said. Maybe not even probably. I mean, I think there is something to be said about about building some goodwill with the fan base. So if it takes an additional twenty or twenty five million, you just you do it. And I'm just telling you, just talking to somebody really close to Josh today, he absolutely would come here. But money talks. Money yeah, talks in this case. They need to offer more money. Interesting. Uh, a few more minutes left here in our Scoop segment with Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. You can find his Scoop podcast on the Score North app, Apple, or Spotify. Mackenzie Alexander. What are you hearing about Mackenzie Alexander's status throughout the rest of these playoffs? Yeah, well, he will undergo... It's, it's a lateral meniscus tear. So in the pecking order... Of, of injuries and surgeries you could undergo. This isn't a super serious surgery, but to me, anytime you undergo surgery, you know, to me, there's no such thing as a minor surgery, but there are more serious surgeries than others. This isn't a super serious surgery. So, like, I can't rule him out for the season, 
But I think it probably would be tough to play in the NFC Championship game. Certainly out this Saturday at San Francisco. I think it would be tough to play on, what would that be, January 19th. He's going to undergo surgery here. It's either going to be tomorrow or Thursday, before the week's over, sometime in the next couple of days. So I think January 19th would be a little aggressive, but whenever the, the Super Bowl is, whatever that Sunday is in early February in Miami, I mean, I guess there would be a chance if the Vikings get all the way there. But yeah, certainly out for sure this Saturday. And yeah, Mackenzie Alexander undergoing surgery. And I don't understand, and this really isn't a second guess. I mean, I guess I didn't put it out there as a first guess, but he was questionable leading into the Week 17 game against the Bears at U.S. Bank Stadium. Why did he play 50-something snaps That's the on December question. 29th? And he, he got hurt, as far as I could tell from the injury report that week, he got hurt on the Thursday practice because he showed up on Friday. Mm-hmm. So it would have been more in a game in which you didn't play anybody I mean, who cares? Play your base defense. Like, so the Bears beat you by 20 instead of 3. You don't care. That was a really weird one. When they held out everybody, basically. Not just a couple guys. Everybody. And he's a starter. And by the way, a really good one. Yeah, he's good. You know, we talked about Rhodes and Waynes and struggling guys. I don't think we brought up Alexander's name once as far as struggling. So that's a really good question. That um, if I'm the Vikings, I'm saying to myself, hmm, that was not a good move on our part. And also, I mean, pretty easy call for him to undergo the surgery because he's an unrestricted free agent yeah. in March. Yeah, he has to think long term. Now, to the Vikings' credit, they somehow got by on Sunday with with Andrew Sandejo playing that role. And against the Niners, I mean, you know, they're going to run the ball a good amount. So you might be able to survive again on Saturday with Sandejo in that same role. Mike Zimmer was offended talking to Deion Sanders by the notion that anybody would be questioning his job security should they have lost that game on Sunday. Doogie, do you know if there was any chatter inside that building that they would have to evaluate that if if it didn't turn out the way that it did Sunday against the Saints? Ziggy and Mark love Zim. So, I mean, I said it when I was hosting Score North Live the day of, or maybe it was the Thursday or Friday before the Packers game, but I think I was also in the day of the Packers game, and I said, you know, if I had to bet, Zim is back next year. Just because I know the Wilfs think the world of him. But I also don't think that Dan Graziano and some of these other national reporters just randomly put that out there. That there was something going on there. And we know that Jerry Jones loves Zim. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I think there was a little smoke there. I think Jerry called him at, at the very least, don't you? Yeah, I think there was... Yeah, I think there was there was something there. Yes, I, I think that is that is okay to to think and believe. Yeah, I do. But I'm just telling you. I mean, going back to mid December, I always thought Zim would be back next year. Yeah. Uh, rapid fire scoops. What else you got? Empty the empty the notebook on us right now. Antoine Winfield Jr. of the Gophers has until January 20th to decide: Will I go pro? Will I go back to the U for a fifth year? I'm told he's leaning going pro. Not surprising. I've always thought that. Where does he get drafted? <laughs> well. The draft advisory board, here's what's interesting. Now, I'm told that they either give you a first-round grade, a second-round grade, or a, hey, you should go back to school grade. <laughs> Winfield <laughs> actually got a go-back-to-school grade. Oh, But he could go as high as the third round. I mean, all it takes is one team, and he's so versatile. I think he's going to be a good player. I would hope he goes in the top 100. Does he go as soon as Friday, or is it more like Saturday? You know, round four, round five? I think somewhere in that... In that rounds three to five range, it'll come down to, you know, some workouts and pro day and all that. But I just love him. I mean, I think he can stop the run. I think he can stop the pass. You could use him in certain situations as a slot corner. You can use him as a box safety. 
I just love his versatility. He can return punts. I love Antoine Winfield Jr., but yeah, all signs point to him at some point here in the near future declaring for the NFL draft, even though he's got two years of college eligibility remaining. Right on. That's Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. You can find the Scoop podcast on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app and catch him every Tuesday at 5 o'clock on our show. Mackie and Joe with Robbie. Thanks, Dukes. Thanks, Dukes. Appreciate it, gentlemen. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Good stuff. All right. Thank uh, you, Hopefully Josh Donaldson's made a decision by next Tuesday, for God's sakes. Just... Uh... Do your thing, Josh. All right, before we jump back in here, Mackie and Joe with Rami, a little cram session coming up on the other side of this discussion about Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated, been around for 100-plus years in the state of Minnesota, Owatonna, about an hour south of the Twin Cities, and they've been helping business owners for all that time, giving peace of mind to business owners that, you know, the thing is, you want to be immersed in the actual work. You want to be immersed in growing your business and helping your employees uh, get better and hiring and all the things that go into the business that you built. You want the peace of mind and the frontline protection that comes from Federated Insurance. Federated is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for your business. You tap into a century of experience in Federated helping businesses, and you get a face-to-face relationship, which is very important, in, uh, in an age where we don't have a lot of face-to-face contact, it seems, with each other, someone will be very attentive to the success, the success of your business. Federatedinsurance.com to find a full list of industries that Federated protects. And Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Remember that. Jonathan here with the Score North download. Score North is all in for Vikings 49ers. Join Mackie and Judd for a special pregame show beginning Saturday at 1 p.m. leading up to kickoff plus Vikings vent line taking your calls immediately after the game and a three-hour special aftermath show on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Watch the game anywhere. Talk about it here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. Vikings injury report coming out today. Note on this, it's an estimation since they conducted just a walkthrough. It wasn't a full practice, but listed as did not practice. Mackenzie Alexander, Stefan Diggs. Diggs was listed as did not practice because of an illness. Uh, J-Ron Curse and... Joseph with a knee, full participants. Dalvin Cook is the most notable one. Uh, Xavier Rhodes also on there as a full, full participant in the walkthrough today for the Vikings. That's been your score on Thalmo. Now back to Mackie and Joe with Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, Jonathan fires off three questions to the three of us, and then he plays judge and jury and determines which of us answered those questions either the most correctly or in the way that suited him the best. The cram session all-time standings look like this, courtesy of loyal listener Marcus, who keeps a detailed spreadsheet. Judd has 20 wins all-time since we revamped cram session earlier in 2019. Rami and I each have 16 wins and Judd's best category by far, Major League Baseball questions. You have 19 well, wins to it, my 12, to Rami's Falvey, 8. So. Levine, Cashman. I only have eight baseball wins. Yeah, man. I thought you were a ball guy. I am. Some of the greatest. I'm the the score North AL Central Champions Twins. You're live from Boca Raton. Perhaps, perhaps that should change. <laughs> we'll see about that. No, you I know guess, what? Uh, I take that back. We have... We here at uh, Score North have a strong belief in your ability to host that show <laughs> and foresee you hosting it Thanks, into the Jeff. future. I appreciate the vote. Un- of under almost any circumstance. Thank you. 
for now. <laughs> Almost any circumstance. All right, dot, dot, dot for now. Thank you. Okay, Fire so, away, sir. So about a month, or a month ago, we introduced the Fire Extend Year to Year segment. And we introduced it with Fire Extend Year to Year on Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins, and Rick Spielman. Here's what you guys said then, Judd. You said you'd fire Mike Zimmer, you'd go year-to-year with Cousins, and you'd extend Rick Spielman. Rami, you said Zimmer, fire, year-to-year with Spielman, and extend Cousins. Mackie, you were the only one who didn't want to fire Zimmer. You said fire Cousins, year-to-year Zimmer, and extend Spielman. How much, after a month and a playoff win, are those standings changing for you guys? Basically, I'm just doing fire extend year-to-year on Spielman, Cousins, and Zimmer once again. Just to see how much we'll be swayed by that New Orleans game, huh? Mine's slightly tweaked, not because of the New Orleans game, but just because of some some perspective since then. I don't know what we were coming off of when I made that decision. I think Kirk Cousins had just had a big game when when I when I, I made remember. that call, well, as, as opposed to right now. Really. Kirk Cousins had an all. I mean, he had a great overtime. Before that, he had an all right game. All right, James Harrison. Let's be real. Yeah, easy there, Mister Negative. No, he okay. delivered. He delivered. <laughs> can't give a guy credit. Can't give a guy credit. He delivered when it mattered. He uh, delivered in crunch time. This and guy. Give him credit where credit is due. But he had an okay game before that. It was nothing. Nothing jumped off the page from uh, Kirk Cousins' day on Sunday before the game winning drive in overtime. Did it? Wow, how quickly this guy just comes wow. over to shovel dirt on Kirk Cousins wow. for no reason. Okay, all right. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> I love the sabotaging going on here. And also in that time, Matthew Collar has made the case to me a few times about what a job that Rick Spielman has done in assembling this roster and the fact that you have all-pro caliber players at all three levels of your defense. The fact that you have the skill position players that you do at wide receiver, tight end, running back. The fact that he found Kirk Cousins, who's not, he's, you know, he's not an MVP. He's not Lamar Jackson or somebody like that, but a good enough quarterback to to get you where you're trying to go and, and to complement what you already have on the roster. Rick Spielman has done a fine, fine job, and bringing in somebody to to do as good a job, when you talk about everything that's involved in being a GM, I think I extend Rick Spielman year to year with Kirk Cousins and fire Mike Zimmer. That was mine, and I'm sticking with it. I'm not changing. I'm not changing a thing. It, it was, look, Mike did a great job against the Saints on Sunday, and and I've praised him up and down for that, and I believe he earned that praise. But I'm not changing it. I mean, you, they won one game. I liked it. Now, if they win on Saturday, we could certainly go back at this question next Tuesday. But I am st- I am standing pat, which is if you give me those three guys, I'm going extend Spielman year to year on the quarterback, fire the, the coach, who, by the way, too, and, and I, I believe this weighed into my decision at the time, and it still does, is what? 63? I think around there, yeah. Right. So, I'm, so this is not like a 37-year-old coach I'm blowing out here. Um, so I was definitely impressed by what I saw in the first-round playoff game. I'd like to see more, and until I see more, I think that I was on the right track, so I'm going to stand pat. So I initially said, fire Kirk Cousins, year-to-year Mike Zimmer, and extend Rick Spielman. Mm-hmm. I am now flip-flopping Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer so I mirror. I now mirror Judd's trio there. So you, I all think all three saying, of us are giving the same answer. So here. all of us are now firing Mike Zimmer. Yes. <laughs> after the okay. greatest performance uh, of his coaching life yes. Can I see more? on Sunday. Can I see more boys. And it's more because Rick Spielman. Think about this. Like Rick Spielman 
At, we, we talk about Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, you know, uh, Daniil Hunter, and Everson Griffin, these third-rounder later gems that he finds. Another one that like, barely anyone around the country talks about, Pro Football Focus has him as the number one safety in the NFL. Anthony Harris yeah. has picked off Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan a couple times now, this Zim, season. Zim helps, uh, obviously, plays a, a big role in the development of said player sure, as well. So. But yeah, I just I'm not going to move off my mind until I, I see more than just one game. I I just I, I would now I guess I would now go year to year if 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 Kirk is one of the 15 best in the world and if you don't think and this is another reason for me saying year to year on Kirk, you've now locked in one of the last what eight draft picks now because you're you're one of the final eight teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. so you're you're not you're not going to get Tua, you're not going to get one of the top quarterbacks at this point. Unless you trade multiple drafts worth of picks to get up into the top three or something, so I would go uh, year to year, and it's hard because like we have to fire one of these guys. Sorry, Mike Zimmer. Great performance on Sunday. Yeah. So does Jonathan give us all the point or none no. of us the point, or does he randomly pick well, somebody who, to who, give who, the point? Who made the best case? Okay. I think I'm going to go with Judd here because he's the one who had this case from the beginning. Thank you very much. He's the one who was on this uh, baseball, on this path right from the beginning. Baseball, football. What don't I do well? Wow. Okay, Mike okay. James. <laughs> what do I do bad? What do I do bad? What do I do bad? <laughs> well, actually, actually, Mike James, let's talk about that. That's a good point. Well, we're up against a break, Mike James. Sorry. <laughs> All right, Judd's up one nothing. All right, so we saw Zimmer put out Sandeo in the nickel corner spot on Sunday, which surprised a lot of people. So what's the defensive surprise you see Zimmer pulling out in San Francisco on Saturday? All right, this is going to sound, this might sound ridiculous, and if they did this, it might backfire wildly, but... <laughs> <laughs> Xavier Rhodes is very much beleaguered, right? Xavier Rhodes getting torched on that 50-yard pass, and mm-hmm. that clip was circulating around for two and a half hours on Twitter when we were watching the game. Xavier Rhodes has a really hard time keeping up with speedy or even average wide receivers now. What about tight ends? What about Xavier Rhodes shadowing George Kittle on Saturday? Huh? Okay. One of the just most explosive. Here? I honestly did not hear that take. Yeah. Did he say that? I think he did say oh, that. Oh, wow. Booney and I. Two great football minds. By the way, Alex Boone will be on the uh, 1 o'clock hour of Score North Live tomorrow. Right here on Score North. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Hijacked him? What's that? Hijacked him? He offered to be on the from show. From show? Hijack anybody. He oh, this is some He big, offered oh, to come Jonathan, on the show. Jonathan, can you believe this? Wow. Controversy. Whoa. Unreal. Whoa, collar. My man. Who's next? Frank Gore with him? I mean, possibly. possibly. I don't know. Maybe Sam Bradford shows up. I don't know. Sam Bradford in studio. (laughs) Courtney Cronin, Sage Rosenfeld. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sage is next week. I'm just kidding. I I think think there's. uh, You you could either, if you wanted to shadow George Kittle, you could either do it with Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, or you could bust out and dust off the old Xavier Rhodes. I'm going to say a shadow shadow Kittle. I've got uh, two things. Actually, three. Three players, two philosophies. One is, this is the game where I do it. And I know Zim doesn't want to do it. And I know he doesn't do it consistently, but this is the game where I do it. I, I've got the only quarterback in this conference who has never played in a playoff game in Garoppolo. I think I can get to him. I think he's going to be jittery. I think for all we talk about, oh my gosh, bad Kirk, I think there's a bad Jimmy. This is the game Anthony Barr, I deploy him. He blitzes. Mm-hmm. I rush him. I rush him. Now, mm. now, Kyle Shanahan right now is probably in front of a film projector thinking to himself, 54 in the Vikings, 
Eric Hendricks is going to be on My Guy Kittle, right? Mm-hmm. I don't do that, but I don't take what Booney and Phil said. Instead, this is the game where I subtract, not completely, but I don't play Sandejo as much in the nickel. I employ J. Ron Curse as a third linebacker on Kittle. J. Ron Curse, by J- the way, did not practice today. Yeah, so I toe I'm, injury. So, well, I'm challenging him. I'm telling him you're coming back for this game, okay? Because <laughs> this is football. This is playoff football. Toe is a long way from CTE. The last time I checked, <laughs> your toe can't get CTE. Okay, a bruise on the toe is exactly. a long way from the heart. Thank you, Herb Brooks. So I'm long I am, way from lasting brain damage. J-, J. Ron Curse, though, if he can move, is good in coverage. He's shown it before. Kittle's an outstanding player, but it's not like he is the speediest guy. He is a tight end. So what I do is I free up Kendricks and Barr to actually blitz on Garoppolo, especially Barr. But instead of of employing Sandejo consistently as my third corner, I employ J. Ron Curse in what the Vikings call the big nickel, and he is actually a third linebacker, and I put him on George Kittle. Rami? I love this stuff. All right. Oh, it is fun. It's great fun. Let's just, let's get nuts. I know this will never happen, but let's get nuts, guys, shall we? Just to try, just to try and win this point on shock value, if nothing else. Are you putting Kirk Cousins at safety? No, but close. No pants on? uh, I thought about that. (laughs) Okay. Went with pants. Good. Good. Good I'm wearing pants right now in the TCL broadcast studios. No. Appreciate it. So the four, what's what's beat the Viking? What was what was their Achilles' heel early in the season before Mike Zimmer started to figure it out? The Back deep up quarterbacks, the deep ball, the deep pass was crushing them all season long. Kickers. Well, the Forty ers <laughs> I was talking about this season specifically. Kickers. The Forty ers have a rookie by the name of Debo Samuel who can fly. He runs a four four eight forty. Just ran it in the combine okay. this, this past off season. All right, you got nobody who can keep up with him. Okay. You have nobody who can keep up with him. Stephon Diggs at cornerback. Oh. Yeah, it's Stephon Diggs I'm and it's four, I'm four, done. Six, I'm done. That's correct. You're out, Rami. That's just not happening. These guys stole judges, the only judges quit. The these guys, these guys took the only other rational answers to that before I came around. So I just came up with that on the fly. I'm sorry. Oof, that Oof. was that was not good. I'm sorry, Rami. You're not winning the point anywhere near that one. Jeez. <laughs> That is not good. I'm I'm liking what Judd's thinking here. Sure putting, you do. Put deploying Barr as a pass rusher, but I'm gonna side with Alex Boone here because he terrifies me yeah, in person. So thanks. I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna go against him. I'm putting Xavier Rhodes on George Kittle. Yep, I'm agreeing with Phil. And imagine you know Xavier Rhodes. <laughs> He's kind of an up and down emotional um, guy, right? And he just it, needs he just needs to feel a little bit of love and just feel like all right, I've got a mission today and I can handle it. And I think if you walked up to him in practice and said, "Hey," How you feeling there, Xavier? Did you realize how would, how would you like to be the key defensive chess piece for us? <laughs> the this judge week? just said, "I like what Judd said, but I'm afraid of the guy who's on with collar." Yeah, and Phil came closest to saying that, so let's just go with that answer. Yeah, of course. Intimidating the judge. Intimid- exactly. Intimidating the judge. Exactly. Federal offense. If you're six eight and three hundred pounds with arms that long and big, yeah, I'm going to be terrified. Uh, he's skinny. You could run from him or something. I couldn't. No, actually, Jonathan could not run from him. Nobody, no. nobody on this staff could run for Alex Booth. No, that one. No, athlete, 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 athlete challenge. Athlete challenge. I actually want to do that. He's athlete literally challenge. training no. for an Ironman competition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could split us all. He could probably swim faster than we can run. Yeah, probably. 
I would imagine. Challenge. Yeah, <laughs> probably because I run like I'm underwater. Yeah. So, <laughs> can you run? That's a good description. <laughs> I probably do too. That's a great description. I can run. I've been advised not to by my doctor. Yeah, I've been advised not to run and not Mr. go. Mister Can't Work Out is my favorite. No, I work out. I can't run. To, I can't run for exercise. Long distance running is just out, man. It's not a. Th- it's not. A, it's not a thing I can do. You just throw big bombs just around throw the way. Big room. weights. I do some. You know, throw not big weights. <laughs> just not, not with his legs. Banging. It's like day. Some non weight bearing calisthenics and uh, plyometrics. You know, I stay active. I thought guys. you were going to say that, that you were Russell Bears, perhaps. I keep it tight. I wrestle bears every once some in bears, a while. Some bears. Some bears come Cutler. around. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Nagy. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> all right. We just had Doogie on with the scoop, and he was giving us all the steam he had on Josh Donaldson. Boys, I want you to save the Twins offseason in one move. Jelty? Mm. Good luck. Well, no, I think I can do it. And by the way, it's not Josh. Like, I I sort of like this idea because then Sano can move to first. Mm-hmm. But I also keep going back to one very important thing. The last time I checked, Josh Donaldson doesn't pitch. <laughs> like, I, I can't. I'm not sure about you you guys. I can't get my... I mean, I'm going to pull up his baseball reference page just to confirm <laughs> I can't that. get my brain wrapped around Homer if Bailey. one inning, you're losing. I'm but sorry, Jeff. right now, Homer Bailey is your third starter, okay? I can't get my head around that. So um, I will go with the frequent name of conversation on this show in the past few months, and I will say I am sending Eddie Rosario, a very good prospect, and maybe a little something else to the Rockies for John Gray. Because if you get John Gray, now you're talking. Barrios, Odorizzi, uh, perhaps it goes Barrios, Gray, Odo, something like that, which I'm fine with. But this whole notion of right now going to spring training with clear cut, it's not like a contest here, I don't think. Homer Bailey is your three on this team that's supposed to be so good. So... I'm paying the price. I think it's a realistic scenario to pay the John Gray price. Okay, I'm not saying I'm going. And I don't see them swallowing the entire contract of David Price, which obviously is another potential. There's a lot of scenarios I don't see. I think the John Gray discussion is a very sane one. So I'm going that route. And if I can go Barrios, Gray, Odo, at least I feel opening day pretty good about myself. I think that saves it. Josh Johnson indeed has never pitched in a game. Yep. So you're, you're right. Safe. You're right about that. I love how I used hyperbole and you guys tried to use use that against me. A guy who was intimidated by a guy who's on this stage. I'll come over there and beat you up. You think any of you terrify me? Sorry. No, well, not Phil, really. Phil could. He could fire you. Well, yeah. Okay, that terrifies me. Okay. okay. That's Jonathan why I picked him. But, but Jonathan, could, could be, Jonathan would beat me up in a fight probably. You so. think so? Yeah. I think you could take him. Do you really think athlete, you up? Athlete challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I, fight, the, I, fight, I, fight, I fight just like the Notre Dame yeah. mascot. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come on now. Put the four of us in an octagon, see who comes out alive. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't be me. <laughs> so I'm picking up the phone and I'm revisiting some discussions that I had during the season when the Mets were interested in a Byron Buxton for Noah Syndergaard trade. That that's my idea, and I I pick up the phone and I tell him what Doogie just told us. Hey, he's swinging a bat, he's running, he's feeling good. Remember when you guys were interested in Byron Buxton? What do we have to add to Byron Buxton to get Noah Syndergaard in a Twins uniform? That that saves the off season, and I'm revisiting those talks with the with the Mets if I'm the Twins. All right, um, 
Uh, so let me just check my text messages here. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, oh, Alex Boone texted, and I totally agree that uh, Josh Donaldson <laughs> signing wow. here would definitely wow. save, definitely save the offseason. Because then your lineup would be Kepler, Polanco, Garver, Cruz, Donaldson, Sano, Rosario, Arise, and Buxton healthy as your nine hitter. So yeah, I, Boone and I have <laughs> both agree. Did you just say Buxton healthy? Both agree. <laughs> what are you Josh Donaldson. What, what, are you going to occur as stand up? That's Robbie's job. I'm going to doubt that Alex Boone had any baseball takes. Sorry, Boone. Just don't see you following baseball. Sorry, Phil. Uh, Rami, because you said Stefan Diggs at cornerback, you automatically lose every point today. So, <laughs> Judd, because you went after starting pitching, I'm giving you the point and the overall win today. Wow, thanks. You're my favorite. I would never intimidate you. <laughs> Not purposefully, at least. Amazing. Uh, Rami, do you still have, just to wrap the show, do you still have the, the story of my worlds colliding? The story that was generated by the uh, Mackie algorithm? I need to hear over this. Over at ESPN.com? I, I have not. Uh, Are you familiar with Jade Roper Tolbert, a past contestant yeah. on The Bachelor? Yes. She won a $1 million fantasy football contest over the weekend. Really? And the DraftKings Millionaire Maker, she entered the maximum 150 lineups into the contest on the weekend's four NFL wildcard games. Wow. So to play, contestants fill out a roster of eight players, team defense, special teams, blah, blah, blah. There were more than 105,000 entries into the weekend contest, and she beat them all with the lineup of Deshaun Watson, Dalvin Cook, uh, DK Metcalf, and uh, a few other players. But there are allegations of collusion with her husband, Tanner Tolbert. Oh, no. Also yeah, a, a Bachelor, bachelor Power couple. They met on uh, the second season of Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, that's a great So apparently play. true love does happen on STD Island, and got married in 2016. Jade and Tanner reside in California, where they work as social media influencers. Is there a more what annoying a sect of people than social media? That's not a job. That's not a real job. No. Social media influencer a job. is not a real job. So anyways, uh, together, they put in 300 lineups. Okay. They each put in 150 lineups, and people think that there was collusion that they strategized together because 298 of the 300 lineups that they put it combined put in 298 were unique lineups. But why out would of the that 300? To me, that feels like the what? website's problem. I was just gonna say, why is it a problem? I hate myself for doing this, but I'm about to defend bachelor contestants yeah, and social sure. media influencers. I don't see why this is a problem. I don't see why this so is against the, the rules. What's the problem, though, that, that they're saying? That they colluded and strategized. So between, because they're, they're married, so essentially, it's like a bank account, like a shared bank account, but it's not because they have separate accounts. Okay. So they, you can only fill out a maximum 150 lineups. Yeah. Essentially, they doubled their chances. I guarantee of this, I guarantee this type of stuff happens all the time with these, these fantasy football uh, tournaments that you see on like DraftKings. I mean, it's like if, if Rami and I wanted to go in and do the same thing, it's, it doesn't. Anyone can do this. Here, I'll do fifty different lineups. You do fifty different lineups. And we also met on Bachelor in Paradise. We did. It was great. <laughs> Chris Harrison uh, married us. So now we know the truth of how we got you from Milwaukee. No, I'm so uncomfortable well, that's right the now. Story. You're the <laughs> yeah, Chris Harrison walked in and said, uh, "There's a gentleman. There's one rose left. Good luck, everybody." Chris Harrison has the best job in entertainment or TV. He uh, gets drunk on islands and uh, in mansions and in odd corners of the universe. And he walks in and says, ladies, gentlemen, 
By the way, tonight's the rose ceremony. Wasn't there a, didn't The Bachelor premiere last night? I was just going to ask that question. No spoilers. I was just going to ask that question. I'm only halfway through it. It's a, oh. th- a three-hour okay. premiere. I'm only halfway through it. you stay on Twitter for like days then? Because I have just block out anything involving The Bachelor. No you spoilers. Mute, you mute words. Anything but you that didn't might see the pop tweets? up on The Bachelor. People no, I did not. About it left right. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I have no idea. I don't care. I'm telling you people are tweeting. What's that noise? Don't spoil it. What's that noise again? I'm covering my ears. He can't hear you, Jonathan. He's literally covering his ears. <laughs> you bastards. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.